It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are locked on Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. I encourage you to do that. We're going to be switching platforms soon from Audio Boom to Panoply and Megaphone. And so it's not going to change anything for you in terms of where you get the podcast. You're not going to be able to go to the Audio Boom website. So if you, if you use the app or the website to listen to the podcast, you're not going to be able to do that starting very soon. You can go to Locked on Packers and we will be pulling the feed there just like we always do. But anywhere you get your podcast, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, there's a bunch of Android apps that you can use to get your podcasts. It's all going to be there. The RSS feed is all going to be there. All the old episodes are going to be there. We're just changing basically the supplier for us. It is, it is more about us trying to reach new and, and broader audiences, us trying to, um, frankly, better monetize the audience that we have. And, and let me take this opportunity again to thank all of you for being part of that audience. It, it means a lot to me that, that you're willing to spend the time with me every day because, trust me, there are plenty of days where I don't want to spend 20 minutes with me. So I appreciate you guys doing it because it really is um, a labor of love for for me and, and for all the people that are that are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Um, some of the highest rated sports podcasts out there are um, are on the Lockdown Podcast Network, and and in fact, Lockdown Bucks is one of the highest rated NBA podcasts you can listen to. So if you're not listening to it, you should. Giannis Antetokounmpo is an MVP candidate. The Bucks are a legitimate playoff team, especially in the East. So, but this is a Packers show. We're going to talk about the Packers. Michelle Bruton from Cheesehead TV and Bleacher Report returns, makes her triumphant return to Lockdown Packers, our first return guest, also our first guest. So th- there is some symmetry there. The bye week, we had her on before the, the season, and now we're going to be able to talk about some actual NFL football, which is great. Also, tomorrow for Opponent Wednesday, since there is no opponent, we're going to do a little self-scout. Mike McCarthy said on Monday that 
that that's what this week is going to be for to self scout to figure out what the tendencies are and how they can get better as a team. Mike McCarthy is tremendous coming off a bye and and generally this team plays better after buys, not just for that week but but down the line. And so Ben is going to bring his unique expertise to the show. He was also one of our first guests. We talked after the the Seahawks game and he always has great insight to share. Not a lot of news coming out of the Saints game. The Packers uh, escaped relatively healthy. No major setbacks, it seems like, for for the the contributors who returned to health. And we hope coming out of the bye, there's a possibility Lane Taylor could return, Morgan Burnett. We don't know how serious that soft tissue injury is. He still has not practiced even a little. But the hope would be that he could come back. That would be a huge boost for them. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. By singing dog. By goal. I pronounce you. By wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Normally, I would give you a whole long preamble, but. but but Michelle and I, we, we, we talked last night, we went long, and I want to give you as much of that interview as possible without getting making the, the podcast too long. So let's get to Michelle and that conversation. Michelle, you were the first guest on Locked on Packers, and now you are the first returning guest on Locked on Packers. Thank you for both. The OG. Thank you for having me back. Officially a friend of the podcast. <laughs> Great. I appreciate that. So, unfortunately, not the best of circumstances to have you on because a lot has changed since the last time we chatted in August, the the halcyon days of when Green Bay was a Super Bowl contender. Uh, Not so much after Sunday. Uh, There's a a lot, I think, to process from what happened in the Saints game. What was your sort of top-line takeaway? So, I you know, wisely or not shared this on Twitter, which has been a <laughs> landmine the last couple of weeks, as you can imagine. Yes. But, you know, my, my feeling in the first half of the game, I saw some people who were really excited. It was great that the defense put itself in position to make some plays. But my feeling that whole half was, listen, this isn't the Packers winning the game so much as it's the Saints losing the game. The Saints were just making really sure. dumb mistakes. And the Packers, sure, they were taking advantage of them, but ultimately at the end of the day, I wasn't seeing a lot, except for that first drive, which is one of my favorite drives I've seen all year. But putting that aside, um, you know, I, I, I wasn't seeing a lot to convince me from that Packers offense. And sure enough, in the second half, mm-hmm. it all kind of went downhill. So, you know, it's still early. Um, these guys still need time to gel. Brett Hundley still needs time to kind of learn everything. Um, I'm not shocked by the outcome. It's pretty close to what I predicted in my prediction for Cheesehead TV last week. Um, obviously, though, understand that it was a really kind of disappointing start to the Brett Henley era for a lot of folks. Yeah, it's tough, right? Because I was I was spent all week talking about how I thought Brent Hundley was going to play well. Same. I think there was there was a sentiment. I mean, this was widely reported we're talking about from from me to around the 
around the biggest names in NFL reporting. Adam Schefter went on ESPN and said, there's a sentiment around the league, Brett Hundley is going to play well. And he didn't. And so I guess what I'm trying to parse, and we're not going to find out until at least Detroit, but probably further down the line is how much of that was a bad game plan, how much of it was jitters, how much of it was the field. You know, I don't know where we go from here in terms of assessing Brett Hundley's play. Right. And and I was sort of uh, touching on that today on Twitter a little bit, too, just sort of saying that it almost felt like a chicken and egg situation because, yeah, we didn't see a lot out of Brett Hundley in the passing game. He went zero for four on his attempts of 15 yards or more. But at the same time, the game plan really was not set up at all. I mean, he, I think, threw the ball two times in the first three drives. Um, mm-hmm. they, they obviously really wanted to keep the ball on the ground. They didn't want to open it up to interceptions. They really wanted to protect the football. And I get that. You know, I think a lot of teams are doing right now. You're seeing that happen in Chicago. Mitch Trubisky threw seven times, which is insane. Yep. Um, as many completions as they had sacks. Yeah, right. And you're seeing the same thing happen in Jacksonville. They don't want Blake Bortles really touching that ball. So I get it. It's something that a lot of teams are doing right now. But I think at the same time, we almost need to just let Brett Hundley do what he's going to do and figure out who he is quick so Mike McCarthy can kind of set about working with him and fixing that. You can't kind of handcuff him forever. Um, and so this might have been you know, a nice was so weird to do that. Yeah. The And I understand that when Aaron Rodgers gets hurt against Minnesota and, and Brett Hundley goes in, that they have a game plan for Aaron Rodgers and not Brett Hundley. Right. But to have an extra week to prepare and send Brett Hundley out there after watching, I mean, I understand he threw three interceptions. One of them, I, I think at the end, certainly not his fault right. of getting destroyed. But... Two of them were also just terrific plays. Both, you know, two other one-handed interceptions. The the Harrison Smith one was outrageous. But he looked comfortable making throws all over the field to the boundary, deep down the field. And it was like McCarthy didn't just like didn't even take into account what he saw in that game. And all of a sudden we're going to put Aaron Ripkowski in the game every play mm-hmm. or we're going to have two tight ends every play. And the Saints were just like, okay, well, then we're going to drop seven and we dare you to beat us. Right. Right. And I think, you know, Mike McCarthy almost needed to take a look at that amazing Twitter thread that uh, Justice Mosquita did last week where he went down and created gifts of every single play that Brett Hundley had outside the numbers. And there were some beautiful throws in there. I mean, there was one to his right, to Devontae Adams, that to be honest, you wouldn't be mistaken if you had just turned on the TV at that exact moment and been like, oh, look, there's Aaron Rodgers, not knowing anything that had come before the injury. Um, He looked really good on some of those throws, and so I was sort of excited to see more of that against the Saints, especially when they had the opportunity to create a more balanced game plan um, and not sort of have being down or have the score dictate what they were going to do. But then... We saw what we saw. And, 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 you know, I think that Mike McCarthy is obviously really excited about the development of Aaron Jones, um, as he should be, as everyone should be. And you do want to kind of ride that. Um, but you don't want to get to a point where you are sort of deliberately handcuffing your offense, um, 
And that's sort of what we saw, I think. Yeah, there were a lot of pictures after the game in the Acme Packing Company Slack of photoshopped <laughs> Mike McCarthy heads on dads and Brett Hundley on sons on bikes with training wheels. Because <laughs> that seemed to yes. be what this, this was the training wheels offense. And it was, it was, that's why, I mean, that's why I use the Vikings example because he didn't play with training wheels in that game. And he made impressive throws. Now, he, I, I will say, after going back and watch, and I didn't think he played as bad. When I saw the stats after the game, I watched this game at a bar. I had friends in town and I was, I was half on the clock. Um, I looked at the stats and I thought, really? They were as, they were that bad. I didn't think they were as bad as the numbers indicated. And, and after watching again, I, I still don't think that they were that bad. Um, or at least as bad as the numbers say that they were. What, what was your general takeaway from from what you saw from Brett Hundley? Yeah, you know, I, I sort of agree with you. That I I was so I'm doing a lot of like general NFL stuff this year as well as Packers stuff. So sometimes I have to switch around. So I didn't sit down. I didn't get to see it from beginning to end live. I had to kind of go back and rewatch some of the parts. Um, and I was honestly shocked um, by the end of the game that I realized he only threw for 87 yards. And my mind, it like had to have been at least 125, 150, but no, it was 87. Even though he attempted 25 passes, um, he only averaged 3.5 yards per attempt, which is obviously heinous. Um, but again, some of that is his fault. He sure could have upped those numbers if he had made any of those um, four attempts of 15 yards or more that he went zero for four on, like we talked about. But at the same time, Mike McCarthy didn't want him to do that. That's not what Mike McCarthy was looking for from him. Um, what Mike McCarthy did want him to do, I think, was kind of use the backfield, use backfield screens. And then, you know, I think there were a few plays that you could tell were design scrambles in there. But I think that's the other issue early on with Brett Hundley is that he likes to bolt. And bolting is great when it leads to things like the touchdown. Although, dear God, when he lowered his shoulder, I was screaming. Don't do that. Don't do it. Um, but at the same time, he needs to develop his presence as a pocket passer. He needs to learn how to scan the field and go through his progressions. He can't just bolt whenever he feels a little bit of pressure. And I think that's sort of what he was doing. I think it's also worth pointing out here that David Bakhtiari and Brian Bulaga are clearly not healthy. Yes. Because that strip sack, you have your two best offensive linemen are the ones that couldn't hold their blocks on the strip sack. And obviously the Packers were able to recover, but that's a that's a huge play. Now you're behind the sticks, and that's what happened in the second half. The Packers consistently there were there was a drive with the penalty, there was a drive with the sack fumble. They got behind the sticks, and you expect Aaron Rodgers can pick up third and fourteen. Brett Hundley, they called a lot of conservative stuff for him on those downs. I think at a certain point, and Mike McCarthy did not echo this in his press conference on Monday. He basically said the the playbook is going to shrink, not expand. They, they have to take the training wheels off. And the drive that you mentioned earlier, and I'm writing about it this week for, for Acme Packing Company, the drive where that ended in the Brett Hundley scramble touchdown was mm-hmm. awesome. It was awesome. And there was creativity in it. And there was a play in particular that, that I want to break down in a little bit more detail, but that I guarantee they're going to go back to. And I just, I watched it and I went, why not more this? Yeah. And and that has to be on McCarthy, and I think that's why he took the responsibility after the game. He was obviously heated with himself. I mean, I think he holds himself to a higher standard, and he didn't meet it on Sunday. Yeah, and you know, I think I've been sort of espousing to anyone who will listen this year about how brilliant 
I've truly thought the play calling and the offensive scheme has looked this year. And I loved, I loved I what Aaron Rodgers said when he was like, listen, at a point when, when we're in the red zone, I know it's going to be a touchdown before it happens. I just know. Um, obviously you lose a lot of that with Rodgers being out, but you know, if McCarthy can just use Hunley to his strengths and then help him use the weapons that are in place around him, that I think McCarthy has really nailed their strengths this year and really nailed how to use them in this offense, um, especially Devontae Adams. You know, you can't get those guys involved if you're not throwing the ball. And so as great as Aaron Jones looked, he can't maximize the game, you know, unless you use the run to set up the pass, which I think is something they can really do now. Um, that's not, you know, you need to get Nelson and Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb involved. Um, and they just weren't really able to do that. Let's talk about Aaron Jones for a second, because obviously he is he is developing into a player that that they haven't had. I mean, really, really, even if you include the peak Lacey, he was not the kind of versatile back that Aaron Jones was and certainly not the kind of big play threat that Aaron Jones is. This adds a dimension to this offense. So rather than rather than, you know, address that directly, what do we do with Ty Montgomery now? What is his role in this offense? Yeah, I'm actually, that's what I'm writing about for Teeshead TV this week, so I don't want to give away all of my secrets, um, but I've been thinking about that all day. And At least we're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I'm someone who was really on board with converting Montgomery to a running back. I think he's built like a running back. So he's I. always wanted to play running back. He clearly was very satisfied and invigorated by this change, and I was really all for it. Um but what we've seen from Montgomery, whether it was when he was carrying the ball as a receipt, like, you know, when he was still a receiver or since he's been a converted running back, it's he's never been a big um, yards after contact guy. And he's never really been a big average guy. Like he's, he's not averaging five yards a carry. Um, right. And so I think that I'm not necessarily giving up on it or saying I was wrong or saying McCarthy was wrong, but in some ways, I think you've kind of got a win-win situation now with Jones and Montgomery because you can use each of them to their respective strengths. I mean, Jones is someone who is, he averaged 7.7 .7 yards per carry, which is insane. And he had, I think, almost four. That's college numbers. Yeah. That's like what Bryce Love is doing at Stanford. It's wild. Yeah. And like we were talking about, this wasn't an offensive line at its best at all. So he was able to do that with a banged up offensive line. And then he's getting... I think it was like 3.3, it was almost four yards after contact, which is huge. He's got that great little spin move. Um, so let him do that and let Montgomery just be your kind of backfield screens, your receiver out of the backfield guy. Um, truly, they've got... Jones turned more than one run on Sunday. That was a negative play into a positive yes, play. Absolutely. Um, and they, they've got a true one-two punch now. And so Hunley's job isn't going to be easy, but with the way Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery can be used, you kind of have to start respecting that and put some defenders down in the box. And then there's Hundley's opportunity to actually push it downfield a little bit. We have to talk about the defense. And I, and that is, that is <laughs> we a, have to. a popular punching bag for, oh, I don't know, five, six, seven years. Um, Forever. Where, where are you on the Dom Capers train? So I really liked uh, the piece you wrote for Acme Packing Company that went up today um, about capers and about how basically he almost 
seems like he doesn't know what to do with himself now that he has all of this talent and this athleticism and this speed. Um, we all saw in the jury that the Packers just kind of totally targeted, especially speed, like they've never really had in the Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers era. Um, they've got these great athletes. And it's funny because like Ted Thompson's job is done then. Ted Thompson, we can all say, I think, hasn't necessarily um, been brilliant in his high off or his high defensive draft selections. But, you know, when he does hit on them, they tend to be pretty good. And then it's just execution and it's okay. Well, here they are, do something with them. And so we see guys who are, whose natural athleticism is on display, whether it's Demarius Randall and his three interceptions um, or ha ha Clinton Dix. But at the same time, you need them to still have those fundamentals and you need them to do their jobs and stick to their assignments. And you almost, I mean, you love those, those big plays, but you'd almost kind of set those to the side. If you could just get guys who are taking good angles on their tackles and wrapping people up and, you know, excelling in man coverage. And you'd almost prefer that, um, to, you know, getting a couple lucky picks or takeaways per game. And so, I love the athleticism and the raw talent that's there, but I'm not really loving the discipline or the execution. And I think, you know, Capers can't play for them, but he can certainly, I think, get them to be more disciplined than they seem to be right now. Michelle, can I ask you a question? Yes. And I don't mean to put you on the spot. (laughs) What, over the course of Dom Capers' career in Green Bay... What is the signature of a Dom Capers defense? What do Dom Capers defenses do well with the Packers? Blitzing, I would say. Um, obviously, it's it's not Blitzburg. Like they do it a lot, but are they good? Yeah. Are they good at it? The thing I've always really liked about Dom Capers is his creativity, and I think, especially up front, I think Dom Capers is a much better, in my opinion front seven coordinator than he is a secondary coordinator. And I love the nitro package. I love the elephant. I love the cycle. I love the NASCAR. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so he can win up front. Um, I don't know that I have ever really loved what he does with his corners. Um, I think he does some fun things with the safeties, especially when he brings them down and the linebacker. And we saw that all the way back with Charles Woodson. Um, but I think sort of the Packers, regardless of personnel, you know, you saw Tremont Williams, Sam Shields. Sure, they had some success, but I've never really loved um, his scheme when it comes to coverages, zone coverage and man coverage and sort of anything he wants to do. Um, and that is definitely something that seems to leak outside the realm of execution because it's gone on for a lot of years with a lot of different players. Well, so here's I, I, I didn't mean it, I sort of meant it rhetorically, and and that's my fault for for asking it that way. But <laughs> I guess the, the, my my point in all of this, and, and you actually sort of en- ended up answering it perfectly because what you said is not a skill, because they're not a great blitzing team. When they they blitz, it doesn't necessarily translate into sacks, although they are pretty consistently in the in the top ten to twelve in adjusted sack rate. But my point is, I don't. I don't know what they're trying to do and I don't know what they want to look like. And Mm -hmm. Ted Thompson is bringing, and this is why I wrote the article and thank you for bringing it up and your check is in the mail. 
But I, <laughs> I just don't understand what they want to be and what they want to do. And this is why I think I, I brought up the the untalented defensive backs that have held this offense in check. And it's like these Kevin King is really talented and he is undisciplined. Demarius Randall is really talented and he is undisciplined. Josh Jones is really talented. He doesn't have a clue where he has to be on the field half the time. But you know how you make that easy? Say, that's a guy, you're going to cover him until the whistle blows and then after. Follow him to his car if you have to. That makes it really easy on young players. And and I just, I, I wish, I think ultimately it does fall on Mike McCarthy to say, Hey Dom, we got to get this figured out and you got to we got to do something else. We got we have to get this changed, we have to get it fixed because what you're doing is not good enough. And I'm not in the the fire capers camp yet this year. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have been in that camp before in other years to be sure. But I just like you can win with this defense. Don't tell me if the Patriots can shut down the Falcons without Eric Rowe and Stefan Gilmore and no pass rush that the Packers can't play good defense. Give me a break. Right. And I think Sorry, and rant, soapbox, off. No, but I you're right. And to me, I think the thing because again, I, I'm always big on you can't punish capers for failure to execute. You know, at a certain point it's on the players. You have to be able to differentiate scheme versus execution. At the same time, things like the ten men on the field, oh boy, that is I mean, capers deserves, you know, all of the ire that's directed his way for that. Because that, I mean, on that second one, you know, you potentially it cost them the touchdown. Um, and you never want to see 10 players on the field on defense. I mean, that's, that's crazy. And it happened multiple times against the Saints. And I put that on papers for sure. You know, I know that he wants to substitute personnel. I really like the different looks that the Packers can have with those substitutions. But you can't, you can't botch it. Um, you can't make yourself, you can't put yourself in a worse position than you were a play before. And he did that a couple times. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you go after this. So we are one week into the Brett Hundley experience and I have purposely <laughs> not asked you about a, a particular quarterback that is currently on the Packers roster, but not on the active roster. So I want to ask you your optimism level for the next seven to 10 weeks, depending on how things go. So not on Brett Hundley specifically, yeah. but the Packers overall. Yeah. So I think that I have kind of developed a reputation of the last week or so for being kind of the voice of positivity and the voice of reason on Twitter about all this. And listen, it's not that I'm, I'm blindly, you know, putting all my faith in Brett Hundley and that I think the Packers will finish even 10 and six, because I don't necessarily know that they will. Um, at the same time, I think that, you know, we live in an era with Twitter, with Postmates, with whatever of instant gratification. You know, anything you want is right there whenever you want it. And unfortunately that's just not the way football works. And Brett Hundley isn't going to come out and, you know, put up, you know, 30 points in his first week starting. He's just not going to. And so I think people just need to have realistic expectations for how this season's going to look. I mean, it could very well be an 8-8 eight and eight season. Um, in some ways, it could still be enough to get the Packers into the playoffs because who knows what's going on in the NFC. Besides the Eagles, I don't see anything convincing um, from anybody. So... 
think that that's what makes this so frustrating though right this it's is like the if, year that they could have I hate the, I hate the I hate the hypothetical and I I damn it I promised myself I wasn't going <laughs> to I wasn't going to say this I was even going to write an article that was like don't do this to yourself yeah. but isn't it so hard to just say god this was the I mean no one is good this year yeah. and we have the best player in on the planet we can win the super bowl and to have that just like unceremoniously ripped away is it's gutting. It and I, I'm I'm so glad that you have been a voice of positivity because I not that I have tried to be the voice of positivity. I like I genuinely supported Brett Hundley. I thought he was a really good player. I think he's really talented. And I, I believed Mike McCarthy when he said he's my guy. I am I was optimistic. I remain optimistic about this team. And I don't know if it if it says more about you and I than it does about the Packers, but you know, like I, I'm still here for this. Right. And I, you know, I think that at the end of the day, um, this isn't, this is a pretty divisive thing and, and not a lot of people agree with this and that's totally fine. And, and I hope that if people listen to this and get angry, they will share their thoughts with me. Um, I always welcome that, but it's very, very hard to get top caliber talent when your draft pick is, you know, 28th, 27th, 30th, 31st, um, and the Packers have, have finished in terms of draft position in the bottom of the, the round for, for years. And so if the worst, worst, worst case scenario that comes out of this season is that the Packers miss the playoffs and they get a pretty nice draft pick and can bring in a real difference maker for Aaron Rodgers and the offense next year or the defense, um, you know, that's not necessarily the absolute worst situation to be in. I know, you know, people don't like to hear that. People don't want to lose. People want to make the playoffs. But I'm not sure this is a team. Sure, the, the Cowboys and the Seahawks and the Panthers are all looking fluky. And who knows what this also fluky Packers team could do if it finds itself in the playoffs. But at the same time, I just don't think people have the perspective to realize how incredible it is that the Packers are in the playoffs every year and how many teams would kill to be in that position. Um and, you know, I mean, yes, this, this was a year that, that looked like it could have been really promising to make a run to go all the way, but you still have Aaron Rodgers and you still have three, four, five, however many years he feels like he has left. So by no means was this their last shot. They'll certainly have more shots. Um, the Patriots know, have ruined say... NFL fan bases a lot. <laughs> they really have. You know, the, like the, the thing about the Warriors, you know, Mark Jackson said Steph Curry is ruining the NBA or whatever he said. Yeah. The, the Patriots really have ruined it for fan bases because they expect their team to be in the playoffs every year, which the Patriots okay. are. And the Patriots seriously have been in the Super Bowl every other year, basically, in Tom Brady's career. Like, right. I think That's he's played 14 normal. seasons and they've been to seven Super Bowls. That is right. hashtag this is not normal. Right. And the Packers and, aren't, I mean, sure, they haven't, you know, they've only had the one Super Bowl, and, and that's kind of the monkey on everyone's backs, but what they do is also really not normal. I mean, this is the cream of the NFC. One Super Bowl, and they're, they're pissed. Imagine right. how the Lions would feel for one Super Bowl, or the Vikings <laughs> would feel for one Super Bowl. Right. The Bears would feel for one Super Bowl. I mean, like, this is this is where we are with this team, and I talked about it with Kevin Seifert the other week, like... Packer fans are spoiled, and I don't even mean that in a bad way. Just, like, understand you're spoiled. We talk about privilege, right? The Packers have quarterback privilege. Packers fans do. <laughs> right. 
right. They're, it's, we're talking about 25 plus years of Hall of Fame level quarterback play. Right. And there are so like, many things you can take away from this season that have nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers or Brett Hundley. I mean, we have Aaron Jones coming into his own, establishing himself as a number one running back. We have Ty Montgomery figuring out how he's going to be most effective as a weapon. We have a young defense that's cementing itself and trying to establish, you know, balancing mm. playmakers Kenny with... Clark. Right, look at Kenny Clark. I mean, there's so much to watch this season. And if it's sort of just look at it as like a like a summer league or like, you know, look at the development of these players as they prepare to put it all together in the next year or two, whatever. Um, It doesn't necessarily have to happen this year. And I think that's okay. Um, I know a lot of people expected it to, and I, I, I truly do. I'm sorry. I, I feel badly. Um, Don't feel badly. Don't, don't do that. I feel badly that their hopes are crushed, but I'm, I'm very big. And I think, you know, it's not fair because we're at the end of the day, we're we're media, we're analysts, we're not really fans. And so, you know, I, the way I felt personally when Gordon Hayward's leg shattered as a Celtics fan, mm. I, I was crying. Oh. So I I was I, crying. And that, <laughs> that was just from having to look at it. Oh my right. God. Right. And so I, I try to put myself back in that mindset and be like, okay, well, this is how Packers fans feel. And I, I you know, I know that it's we're coming at it from such a detached place. Um, but there is, there's more to life than football and there's more to let, you can't let it truly have an effect on your mental health or day-to-day life. Um, you have to just enjoy it or find something else to do because why spend so much time on something that's just making you miserable? It's not worth it. That's my pep talk for the day for anyone. That's called, that's, that's called dating. Um, (laughs) I, Amy Trask got the nickname Queen of Darkness. I think we have to nickname you the Queen of Sunshine. That, that is what you are. <laughs> Which is so funny because if you ask my husband or anyone who really knows me, I'm certainly <laughs> not the sunniest person in the world. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, what else can you do? I mean, I think, you know, what else can you do? I agree. That is as good a place as any to leave it. Michelle, thank you for being <laughs> The first return guest on Locked on Packers, and I will be sure to intro you the next time that you do this as the Queen of Sunshine. I love it. Perfect. I want to thank Michelle again for joining Locked on Packers, our our first return guest, the Queen of Sunshine. I like it. I hope she likes it. Ben Fennell is tomorrow to do the self-scout. Our opponent for Wednesday will be the Green Bay Packers. If we were going to prepare for a game, how would we do that? Where do they need to get better? Where are they weak? What is, what does this team do to move forward? We're going to get into that. And I, I encourage you, Michelle mentioned the, the article that I wrote about Dom Capers. Please go to the Acme Packing Company to read that. I, I have also am writing for this week about that drive that we talked about, that, that great drive. She loved it. I loved it. It was great. It is a glimmer of hope if you are a glass half full type person, if you are not the queen of sunshine. That This is what this offense could look like with Brett Hundley, given the right circumstances. And there's one play in particular that, that I'm going to highlight because they can come back to it, especially with the personnel that they have. So, so stay tuned for that. You have to be paying attention to Acme Packing Company for that. You have to be paying attention for at Locked On Packers on Twitter, at Peter underscore Bukowski on Twitter. You have to be paying attention to that. 
And you know what else you have to do, don't you? You know. Come on. You have to stay locked on Packers. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop! At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS, wireless, figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop! At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS, wireless, figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.